Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. We're on a mission to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. Our prayer is that this message encourages you today. And remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible. Today we are concluding our series, How to Have a Healthy Family, and the idea is not a perfect family. The word perfect's crossed out, and the idea is healthy. How do we have a healthy family? Because perfection's not a goal. Perfection should never be a goal, but sometimes we put that weight on us. So today what we want to talk about is how to have a healthy family, specifically looking at a myth versus the truth. The myth is this, perfect families do it all. In our, our day and age with social media, we either say that or we feel that, like perfect families do it all. The truth is healthy families have boundaries. Whether we know it or not, healthy families have boundaries. And this is a message that I think we all need to hear, but I'm gonna talk specifically to moms today if that's okay. But I think it's something we could all lean in and learn from. I don't know if you know this, it's, it's hard to be a mom. I, I know it because just the thought scares me. So I put together... If I were a CEO and I was looking to hire a mom, what would that job description look like? This is the job description. Responsibilities must be able to cook multiple meals at once, clean up multiple messes a day, be a constant chauffeur, be on call 24-7. There are no breaks. Be a motivational speaker at all times, even when your employee has not been nice to you. Be a personal shopper and ready to run out and get all supplies needed at a moment's notice. If one or more of your if, if you have more than one employer, you'll be asked to mediate all arguments that break out, and this likely will happen multiple times throughout the day. Qualifications: You must have a medical degree, as you'll need to be an experienced nurse or doctor. You must be proficient at bookkeeping, as well as handle constant criticism. You must have more patience than Mr. Rogers, better driving skills than Jeff Gordon, better cook than Rachel Ray, and better housekeeping skills than Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Possibility for advancement or promotion, none. <laughs> Wages and compensation, we actually need you to pay your own way. <laughs> Benefits, there are no holidays off, there's no mileage reimbursement, and there are no stock options. It is possible you may earn your way to free hugs for life, minus the teenage years, of course. <laughs> Moms, I don't know how you do it, but your job seems never-ending, and you always do it with grace and strength, and we are so grateful for all the moms. The truth is, when I'm around moms, talk to moms, there is an underlying pressure to be perfect. And sometimes we get it from social media, from magazines, to either look perfect, have the perfect home, have the perfect family, have the perfect husband, go on the perfect dates, look perfect 24-7, and there's this, this burden that we have to hold it all together. And I would just say this to the moms and everybody else that feels the weight and the exhaustion of trying to hold it all together, that is not on your job description. There's a lot of things on your job description holding it all together is not. That's actually on God's. Colossians 1.17 says this, he meaning Jesus is before all things, and in him, he holds all things together. So when you try to hold all things together, you're actually trying to do God's job. That's why it's so hard. You weren't created to do it. Some of us are carrying burdens we are never meant to carry, and I would say it like this. God gives us more than enough time, grace, and strength to accomplish everything he wants us to accomplish, but not so much that we can waste it by trying to carry burdens we are never meant to carry. 
And so I would ask you, what burdens are you trying to carry that God never asked or expected you to carry? Maybe they're people burdens. Maybe they're expectation burdens. Maybe they're people-pleasing burdens. But there are burdens that if you continue to carry them, they may wear you out if they haven't already. So we're gonna talk about boundaries today. And uh, every healthy home has some boundaries. And when you talk about boundaries, the idea of rules comes up. So when early on in our marriage and our family, we had some rules. And I think my wife made up these rules because they are awesome rules. So here are some, here are some Agard house rules. The first one is this. If you kill it, you fill it. Okay, this is a house rule. If you kill it, you fill it. Some of y'all are looking at me like you're crazy. You need to write this down, okay? If you kill the toilet paper, you fill it. If you kill the carton of milk, you fill it. If you kill the toothpaste, whatever it is, if you kill it, you fill it. Now, last week we had baby dedication, dedication and it was beautiful. And if you have young kids or if you're a grandparent of young kids, you need to write this one down. This is the, worth the price of admission right here. If you wake it, you take it, okay? <laughs> if you wake it, you take it. This is not some like joke that I added to my notes. This is a real rule in our home. And if you wake, it doesn't matter if it was a neighbor that came over to borrow sugar. If they woke one of our kids up, it was their responsibility. Okay, so if you wake it, you take it. And what were we doing? We were creating boundaries in the form of rules early on. And I thought, my wife, you're a genius. So if you wake it, you take it. Boundaries are, we see in the Old Testament, God established them right from the beginning. And then we see in the New Testament, Jesus lived them out with his lifestyle. I want to follow in Mark chapter one, right in beginning of Mark, we see this played out. Jesus, it says, heals Simon's mother. As soon as Jesus heals Simon's mother, she gets up and makes him dinner, makes him food. And then the news gets out that Jesus can heal people. And then all of a sudden, everybody comes from around. Listen to what Mark 1.33 says. It says this, the whole city had gathered at the door. Not like some people. Like you think you have pressure, you think you have burden to please everybody, do everything for your kids, your parents. The entire city gathered at the door of Jesus wanting a miracle. Not wanting to check up on Jesus. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? They wanted something from him. The whole city. Listen to how Jesus responded. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. You know how some people say everyone and they're exaggerating? He's not exaggerating. Everyone's looking for you. He said to them, let's go. This is Jesus' response. Everybody's looking for you, they say. And his response is, great, let's go somewhere else to towns nearby so that I might preach there also, for that is what I came for. You get the scene? Jesus heals. Word on the street is we got a, heal, a, heal, a, a healer maker in our works. And all of a sudden, people from all over come and they have these expectations and they want to get something from Jesus. And Jesus can fulfill their needs. And he says, you know what? We're going to go to a different town. And he actually tells this community, no. And I think Jesus has given us an example for us to follow when it comes to healthy boundaries. So here are four lessons we can learn from Jesus to set up healthy boundaries. Number one, we need to, we need to look to, God, to please God more than people. You see, everyone wanted more of Jesus, but Jesus wanted more of the Father. Do you notice that? Everybody wanted more of Jesus, but Jesus went away and he just wanted more of the Father. 
Jesus cared more about pleasing the Father than he did pleasing people. And Paul echoed this in Galatians 1.10. He says this, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Someone once said, I, know the, I, I don't know the secret to success, but the key to failure is to try to please everyone. I'm telling you, people pleasing above God pleasing will never work out for you in the long run. It will wear you out. And that is a sign of unhealthy boundaries when we're trying to please everybody. Someone may say, well, if I create boundaries, aren't I being selfish? It's a great question. No, you're not being selfish. Being selfish is when you're focused completely on yourself and not others. Creating boundaries is called good stewardship, where you realize you have limited capacity and you're choosing to use those in the right avenue to make the most of your time, energy, and efforts to do the thing that God's called you to do. You see, Jesus wasn't saying no to the people for his own benefit. He was saying no because his job description was to go and point people to the Father. He was saying no because he knew what his real job description was all about. Number two, you are responsible for your own boundaries. You see, Jesus didn't wake up and say, hey guys, what should I do? No, no, no. Jesus took upon himself to set the alarm clock earlier than anybody else, get up, go to a secluded place. And he said, this is what I need to do. I'm not waiting for somebody to take care of my soul. I'm not waiting for somebody to draw a boundary. I'm exhausted. I got all this pressure. I'm gonna take it on myself to go be with the father. He created his own boundary. He didn't put that expectation on anybody else. And I know what this feels like because early on in uh, my ministry career, I was a workaholic and, and my family and my marriage paid a price. I worked way too much. I love my wife. I love my family. It wasn't that I was trying to be out of the house. I just had a goal, literally, of trying to reach. I was a youth pastor. My goal was trying to reach 2 billion people because that's what I kind of calculated. That's how many teenagers were on the planet. And what I was doing, yeah, that was dumb, but you weren't in my life in my 20s to tell me that. <laughs> You're in my life now, so make sure I don't do anything stupid now, Okay. Literally, I just thought my job was to try to reach two billion teenagers. Because, and I would say that because no matter how many I reached, it was never enough. And what I was accidentally doing is I was trying to do jobs, God's job, and I got the pressure of God, and he never put that burden on me. I put that on myself. I had to create the boundaries, because here's the thing. My wife never put those un unhealthy expectations on me. My church never put those expectations on me. My boss never put those, nobody put those, it was on me. I had to look in the mirror and I had to realize I put all those unhealthy expectations on myself. And here's the hard truth. Whatever boundary issue we currently have may be because we either allowed it or caused it. So maybe you're thinking of a tough boundary issue like me working way too much. And I could have easily blamed my boss, but the truth is it was me. I could easily blame the church or man, if they would just hire an assistant for me, or if they would have done this or if they would have, no, 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 no. My boundary issues were because I either created something or I allowed it. It's on me. I had to take ownership of that. And then I had to right size it. Dr. Henry Cloud wrote a book called Boundaries. And if you like this topic, it's, it's one of the best there is out there. Christian uh, psychologist, just incredible. And he, he talks about this idea of the law of power. And it goes like this, the law of power is this, before you set up boundaries, a conversation that might be unhealthy would be you trying to tell somebody, hey, stop yelling at me, I want you to be nicer. That's you before boundaries. After boundaries, you, you tell them this, hey, listen, you can yell all you want, but when you yell, I'm gonna leave. 
okay? You can yell on the phone all you want, but when you start yelling, I'm hanging up. You can do whatever you want. You just need to know there's a line, and when you cross it, I'm now, I can control me, you can control you. There's a boundary, and I'm setting that. I'm not gonna try to convince you to be nicer. I'm creating a boundary. When you do this, you're gonna get X. I'm just gonna walk away. That's a boundary. That is a, that's called the law of power, and we have that in our hands. Not to control the other person, but to control what we're gonna do when we're out of bounds or when we're put into a situation that might be out of bounds. Lesson number three we learn from Jesus is this. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. You can do anything you want, but you can't do everything. Paul, Paul echoes this. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, it says this. It says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything's beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And there's two important truths for us to understand for us that are trying to do it all is this. One, God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere all the time. That's truth number one. Truth number two, you are not. You are not omnipresent. Now listen, moms, there's some urban legends out there and it is a little freaky. I don't know the science of it, how you always know everything about us. I don't quite understand how you have eyes in the back of your head, how you are like, but that is an urban, it's not true. God is everywhere we are not. And if we can't be everywhere all the time, how do we choose and pick what we say yes to and what we say no to? And that's a boundary because behind every yes is a no, and behind every no is a yes. And so if you're constantly pleasing people, the chances are you are taking things off your job description, doing things you were never meant to carry. Dr. Henry Cloud came out and said these three C's in his book. He says, when you're creating boundaries, what you wanna do is do these three things. One, you wanna create the boundary. Two, communicate the boundary. And three, control the boundary. So let's just take this example of me struggling early on in my career with being a workaholic. Maybe people pleasing, saying yes to every opportunity and every appointment because I thought that was my job. Now you fast forward, one of the things that I implemented is a healthy boundary called thinking Thursdays. Every Thursday I take, I take just by myself. I don't set any appointments. I don't have meetings. Thursdays are thinking Thursdays. And what I do is I work on messages. I pray, I prep, I read, I dream. I do these things to create a healthy boundary so that I can feel relaxed, feel peace, create health, and plan ahead so that I can pastor you even better. I had to create that boundary. Nobody was gonna create that, I had to create that. So the first thing I had to do is I had to create that, and then from Dr. Henry Clyde, I had to communicate that. So I had to tell our staff, our teams around me, hey, this is my practice, and then I had to control it. I had to make sure that I don't uh, back off of that or else things can get out of rhythm for me. Then the fourth thing we learned from Jesus is this, saying no is not a sin. Saying no is not a sin. As a matter of fact, I want all y'all, some of y'all are uncomfortable with that. You're like, I don't know, I think it is a sin. Let's, <laughs> let's just all say it together online. You might be on a treadmill at a gym. I want you to scream it, okay? So Lake County, online, everybody here on the count of three, we're gonna all say no at the same time. One, two, three. No. That feel good? You're allowed to say no. Saying no is not a sin. Amen. Man, saying no is not a sin. Listen, moms, we understand this. We know this word all too well. Our, our toddlers taught us this, right? Like we remember those stages, right? So let me give you a couple scenarios and then you're gonna respond with a no. This is gonna be audience participation. When the child decides the walls without Sharpie drawings are boring, so they draw their own permanent masterpieces on them, you say? No. no. When the child decides utensils are pointless and throwing food is more fun, you tell your teenager? No. 
You're listening. I like it. Maybe that's just my house. Okay. I'm not saying those specific rules you have to have or don't have. I'm just saying you can tell people in your life, people close to you, no. You can tell parents, no. Kids, no. Your neighbor, you cannot do everything. You have to pick and choose. When I was in college, I took a class, and a good chunk of the class, we studied what's called the divine no. I I think I was sleeping during that time because I didn't put it to use, but we studied the divine no. And the idea was they knew that so many people in ministry burn out because they don't know how to say no because the demands are 8 billion people we're trying to reach and counting. And that we can sometimes have a savior complex where we think we gotta do everything instead of trust God with everything. And here's what saying no is. Saying no is not unchristlike. Rather, it's a humble admission of our limitedness. That's what it is. I remember when I was 16 or 17 years old, I grew up at First Baptist Church of Orlando. It's a big auditorium. And I remember sitting kind of right in this section, one of my youth leaders named Steve Kavanaugh. And I remember he was sitting all by himself several minutes before the service started. I mean, most of the room was empty. And it seemed like maybe he was having a sacred moment. But when I was 16 years old, young and dumb, I didn't have a sacred bone in my body. I didn't know what sacred meant. So He's kind of having a sacred moment. I just come in, probably friendly, just saying hello, but probably dumb at the same time and messing with them. And he doesn't respond. So I'm thinking he didn't hear me, although it's pretty quiet. And so I just get closer and louder. And then he quietly looks at me. He says, hey, Dustin. I said, you heard me. All right, great. And he began to talk to me with love and grace. And he said, hey, I just want you to know every single Sunday I come into the service early. And I try to have a sacred moment where I slow down my heart and soul before the service. And he says, I have an appointment with God every single Sunday morning at this time. And if there's something you need, you need to go find somebody else or we can talk later. But right now, I'm hanging out with God. He wasn't mean. It wasn't mean-spirited. What was he doing? He was setting a boundary with me. This is my youth leader. He spent his entire ministry uh, pouring into teenagers, and yet he was telling me his ministry, no. Was it because he didn't love me? No. But because his no to me, he was saying yes to something better. God, you saying no doesn't mean you don't love that person at that time or that reason. It just means you're saying yes to something else. And not only did I have more admiration for him, I took that principle to myself, and I tried to incorporate it every Sunday as well. Saying no is not a sin. And I love that. I love how he taught me that early, early on. Some of you parents, some of you moms, some of you leaders, you might think you can do it all and you're actually not impacting anybody around you. Or you might think that you can do it all and your heart and soul is okay. You might think you could do it all and the pace isn't impacting anybody. And I would just say this, I don't think you can do it all, but let's just say for the argument, maybe you can are you giving a good example to your kids to try to do it all in your footsteps? You see, maybe you can do everything you're doing, but are we teaching them the right lesson? Because here's the thing, if you are trying to do it all, there's a chance that you're not healthy internally somewhere. And if you're not healthy, nobody will follow your example. Or worse yet, they will. You see, as parents, what we do is we like to teach our kids a lot, but one of the things that we've learned is we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. 
You could tell your kids all day long about boundaries, about health, about saying no, but if they're not seeing that modeled out in their home, we always reproduce who we are. Some weeks ago, my wife and I were on a date and she just kind of shared with me something I didn't know. We were just, um, my wife is more like just strong and steady. She's just a rock. And, um, and so we were just talking about just kind of different ambitions. And she just said her, her goal is to be the healthiest version of herself possible. That's her goal. Not, not just physically, but I mean physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually. That's her goal. And just so you know, my wife's background, she uh, professionally, she's a boundaries expert. This is what she does all day long. She teaches boundaries to her clients. She's a kindergarten teacher. So <laughs> she teaches boundaries. Keep your hands to yourself. Stay out of his bubble. Don't lick the scissors, you know? <laughs> Those things didn't really happen this week. <laughs> See, what I love about my wife with setting up these healthy goals and boundaries is she's not comparing herself to somebody else. She's not comparing herself to perfection. She's saying, my job as a steward, as a wife and as a mom, as a follower of Jesus is to give the best version of myself I can give. And listen, when she does that, she is going to say no to people and no to opportunities and she's gonna disappoint people in her home and outside of her home. But in her pursuit of being healthy, she's gonna give our kids the greatest model they could see. What a healthy woman of God looks like. Not someone with crazy expectations to be perfect, not somebody that's trying to please everybody else, but somebody that's focused on the cross, that's focused on Jesus' standard and not man's, and says, my goal is to be the healthiest version of myself. And when I heard that, I honestly thought, I don't know if there's a better example for our kids to hear and to follow than watching their mom say, I wanna be the healthiest version of myself that I can be. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that we are not called to perfection. That's, that's your, your standard for Jesus. Jesus is perfect, blameless. But to us, there's grace. And God, not only do we need help receiving your grace, would you help us to not just give it to others, help us to give it to ourselves. Help, help the moms, the top A, type A driven people in the room that when we look in the mirror, we, we don't give grace. Help us to give ourselves grace. Help us to, to realize we can't please everybody and it shouldn't even be a goal, but our goal is to please the Father. And so God, help us to be a bunch of people that please the Father more than people. Help us to create healthy boundaries because we know we can't do it all, but we're gonna trust the one that can. You hold all things together. And so God, as we go about our lives and as we create boundaries that might disappoint people, would our heart to disappoint you be greater than our heart to disappoint others? And God, I pray for all the moms that are here today and they, they feel that pressure of doing everything and being everything all the time. Would you release that? Would you give them peace? Would you give them grace? Would you give them joy? Not just externally, but internally. God, I pray that you allow them to walk around as if they just woke up from a nap 
And I know that sounds crazy, but your word says that you give a peace that passes all understanding. And I pray this Mother's Day, would you give the moms a peace, knowing that their lives can be so chaotic. And I do pray for all the hurting people in the room and online, Lake County. Would you hold them close? Would you be with them today? Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you like this podcast, we post a new message every week. So make sure to click that follow button and share it with your friends. Remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And through Jesus, anything is possible.